So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day. Okay, I got a comment on a YouTube. And guys, if you're not uh, checking out YouTube, it is, for whatever reason, people just uh, like to go there to comment. I guess it's uh, a comment-friendly space. But uh, you know why? Because you could... Uh, it's not I guess it's not as personal you know when when you comment on Facebook and things like that the people are like here's this guy here's his family here's everything about him and he just made this you know a very free comment and so it's a little different on YouTube and so anyways I kind of like it but British traders commented on YouTube uh, British traders said first to like Pat your show rocks from England with love keep it coming thank you british uh, traders keep the comments coming guys i love them and remember i eat feedback for breakfast so give me a one star review if you want or a five star review if you want i don't care and the more reviews we get the better guests we get so please subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening Hey, Rockstar Nation, we got a great guest today, Mr. Casanova Brooks, first-time guest, only been in business two years. Several people recommend you got to get this rookie, you got to get this young guy on because he is doing some really cool things and uh, doing it in Omaha, Nebraska, and we don't have a lot of guests from Omaha, Nebraska. I know Jeff Cohn's been on a couple of times, and and so I think he's our second one from Omaha area. So I'm excited. Without further ado, Rockstar Nation, please welcome Casanova Brooks. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be able to share, give back however I can. I know when I first started my business, I was listening to um, Real Estate Rockstars, this podcast, and it gave me so much knowledgeable information, so many actionable tips. So that's the thing that I want to do. I want to give back and hopefully I can help to, to help somebody else be successful as well. That's awesome. Hey, Casanova, why don't you kind of tell your story, tell everybody about yourself so they could get to know you better. Yeah, so first off, um, I'm inner city kid. I was born and raised, for the most part, in uh, Chicago, Illinois, and I was raised by a single mom. My grandma stepped in to you know help my mom as best as she could, along with some other family members, but I uh, grew up without a father. Then I wound up moving to Sioux City, Iowa, which was a big change for me because moving from Chicago, inner city, south side, to Iowa, where there's a lot more diversity, uh, my mindset was just, I, I didn't know how to take that, right? But I was very, very fortunate that my grandma made that decision that she was going to move me there because it was a better opportunity, better situation for a 12, 13-year-old boy at that time. And so I wound up um, 
finishing off middle school, high school, went to the University of Iowa. One big thing in there was when I was 15, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's uh, lymphoma. So with that, it helped to shape my mindset with understanding that, you know, every day is not promised. You got to really go out, you got to take action. And I went through two years of chemo with that and finished off, um, the chemo. And I remember I told my mom that, you know, if it ever came back that I would never go through it again, I would go out comfort care style. Of course, a lot has changed since then, but I think that it really shaped me again to just have thicker skin and to be able to understand that every day is not promised. So fast forward. That was when you were, that was when you were 15. That was when I was 15. So you're in high school, right? And you you had to go through chemo and all that. Yeah. 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 So that was huge because growing up, I was never, ever sick. I was an active child. I was doing multiple sports. I was, I was, I was out there. I was an athlete. And then all of a sudden, you know, when I'm 15, I'm just finishing up football season. And, and, uh, I had, um, decided that I didn't want to play football anymore and we're going into basketball season. So the conditioning kind of started over for me. And I just noticed that I couldn't breathe. Right. And, and then I was telling my friends and they're like, Oh, it's probably just because you're out of breath, you're out of shape. And, and, uh, then I went home and I, told my mom and and she's like okay well if this persists we're gonna go to the hospital who wound up going to the hospital a couple days later because i was taking a lot more naps and it was just unlike me and uh then all of a sudden they say hey you know what we think that it's more serious than what we might have thought and we really want to you know ship him to the university of iowa so that was the first time yeah that they came back and they said you know hey we you know he has cancer stage five hodgkins you know he's two weeks from death and what yeah, so it was like, I didn't even know there was such a thing as stage five. I thought yeah, stage so, four was the worst. No, it's a stage five, um, hmm. and it is, and and you, it's basically it was all throughout my body, right? Lymph nodes all throughout my body, and we had to immediate plan. So I was at the University of Iowa for forty five days. I remember, and it was a very very trying time. Forty five for days. So they flew you like within a couple of days of you taking extra naps. You were in the hospital. They flew you to a hospital where you lived for 45 days. Right. So, yeah, we actually, they drove us. Like, where I was living at the time, Sioux City, Iowa, four and a half hours away is um, the other side of the state, which is the University of Iowa and Iowa City. And so, yeah, when I went into the hospital, if I remember correctly, when I went into the the hospital in Sioux City, it was around probably 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. By about 3 o'clock a.m. the next day, Right. So about 12 hours later is when they had some transportation and they transported us to the University of Iowa, where I spent my next 45 days doing all types of tests and everything to try to figure out, you know, how I could be cured from this. And um, yeah, they give you a blood transfusion. I mean, how'd they cure it? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. So I had chemotherapy. I had a port put in my chest, which was connected to my jugular vein. And, and that port is how I got the chemotherapy for the next two years. So they injected into the oh, port. And sure. yeah. So for two years in high, in high school, every couple of days, you, you felt like hell, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's a trying time for anybody, but especially when you're a kid and you don't understand, you know, what's going on, because obviously these, these drugs, you know, they're really taking over your body because the purpose of them is to kill off all of the bad cells. But at the same time, they're killing off a lot of your good cells. And uh, so, yeah, you don't know how every time that they're trying something, I mean, it's an experiment when you go in and, and everybody's body takes these drugs and, and, and chemo differently. So a lot of the times it's trial and error to see what's working, what's not, you know, and even with the chemo, the other part that you don't think about is you got a lot of pills and you got a lot of things, other things that you got to take. And even some of the, the dyes and things like that, that they put into your body to be able to take x-rays to see, 
you know, different things that are going on inside of your body. So it was a very trying time, but I was very fortunate enough that I had my mom and my grandma, you know, and I had a huge support system from those two that was always there every step of the way with me. How how did that change you, Casanova, when you came out of that? Like, how do you think you're changed because of that permanently? Yeah, well, it really taught me, again, like that I said that there was nothing promised. So you have to go after everything that you want. Nothing's going to be given to you. And it made day- you impatient. It made you impatient in a way. Absolutely. And if you ask anybody who knows me, they would probably tell you that's my biggest blessing, but at the same time, one of my biggest curse, right? Because people will tell you that, especially in the world of real estate, if we're tying it in, you know, the average real estate agent across the country probably does what, five to six deals, they say. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so even in your first year, the average real estate agent probably does one to two deals. So for mm-hmm. me to come out in my first year and here in Omaha, where, you know, it's, it, it's a different type of a city. You know, once you get to know it, it's a very different type of a city. And if we're being honest, you know, I'm a, a young black man in a brand new city in a, in a Catholic state where I don't know anyone. And for me to try to go out and, and do 46 deals, $8 million in volume, where the average home price is 187 thousand dollars it was something that i had to really hit uphill the battle yeah i went to visit jeff Cohn out there and we yeah. went out we went out to a bar and i turned to him i said the same because i'm from baltimore so it's very diverse you know and i turned to him i was like dude there, there's no people of color in this bar it was yeah. like there was 200 people there and um right. and i was like damn and he's like what's your point and i said well that, that my my point is just that it's it's just interesting you know what i mean so you know, I had no point behind the point. I, it is what it is, but I, I understand what you're, what you're saying. So you, you had an uphill battle. You, you probably had a chip on your shoulder. You were insecure, yet it didn't stop you, right? You were confident right. enough that you're like, hey, it doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let this stop me. How old were you when you got, like, how old were you in getting a, your real estate license? So I'm 31 now. So this was just actually four years ago when I first got licensed. So I was 27 at the time. So, okay, so you graduated college, and what was your degree in? Yeah, so I actually didn't even graduate college. Oh, right, you failed. Yeah, so I went three years in Iowa, and that was big. Like, I just had a conversation with my uncle, which was probably four or five days ago, and he used the words that he doubted me. You know, looking at what my life looks like now, he used the words like, man, I remember doubting you. And the reason being is because me growing up, I was always an outlier, right? I was always doing the unconventional method. My family, since nobody besides me and my cousin, who's nine months apart from me, so Mm. basically like my sister, besides her and I, nobody was going to four-year universities. Nobody was going to college. And so when she got into uh, university, Southern Illinois University, and then right after I got into University of Iowa, they felt like we were going to be the people who changed the trajectory. Well, three years in, I decided that this wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. And reason being is because I graduated high school at 17. After finishing off all of that, I graduated, finished off school. And at that time, I, I don't know. Do you have any kids? Yeah, I got two. Two okay, daughters. How old, how old are they? They're, they're 23. 20 today, they're 23 and 25. Got it. Well, if you remember, if you can even think back, if you, even if you ask them, when you're a senior in high school, if you don't already know what you want to do, the most daunting question when you start going to these graduation parties, second semester of your senior year, what's all the parents asking you? Yeah, right. What are you going to do? What's your major going to be? What's next? Right? And, and it's so, that's a daunting question because you don't want to feel Nobody like knows and, and Yeah. Very few actually take their major and run with it, you know, probably 20%. 
Absolutely. And so for me, I didn't even know that I even wanted to go to college, but I knew my cousin had already got accepted and everybody else around me, it felt like they were going to college. So I applied to a couple of different schools, LSU being one and uh, University of Iowa being the other and LSU because I just wanted to get back down south, feel like I was going to be around more of my yeah. people. Right. Well, let, let, let's not get off track. So, so basically, what was your job like after you bailed out of college? Yeah, so I, had, I probably had, before the time that I got into real estate, I probably had 17 different jobs. Jeez, so, okay, so I, I know why your uncle doubted you, because you had ADD, like you couldn't, you, couldn't, you couldn't sit still, which is not a good trait. You know, a lot of people do that, and then they never get ahead. You know, one of the ways I got ahead was, was simply just, you know, locking into being a real estate for decades. So what makes you think this career is not uh, like the others? I guess the real reason why I, I loved real estate is because I felt like I was helping people get something of value that they wanted, right? So with real, so if you're selling something, if you're selling a, a commodity, a product, a lot of the times you have to oversell to try to get somebody to believe that they want this. But with yeah. real estate, it was something of value that they could have the home ownership. They could also gain appreciation and they could gain wealth for their family. And even if it was something where something happened to them, they had something to pass down, especially if they bought right. So that the was the, the real product kind of sold itself or does, does sell itself to a degree. Okay, so let's talk about your business now. Let's talk about your nitty-gritty. Like, how many houses did you sell Casanova in the past 12 months? Yeah, 32 deals. And, and that's all by yourself, right? Right. Okay, so that's cool. You know what I mean? 32 deals, 32 deals, 31 years old, all by yourself, no assistance. What, um, and, and you got your license four years ago, but you've only been licensed full-time for two years? No, so I got my license four years ago, and I've been practicing now full-time for three years. Okay. All right, so let's talk about that. So how much money did you make? Like, what was your ECI, your, your ego commission income, total gross? Yeah, last year is 168000 Okay, and then what was your net profit on that? Well, I don't do a lot of advertising or Zillow or anything like that, so my net profit was around 130000 Okay, so one hundred and thirty grand. Now, at your best job of all 17 that you had, and let's just say this is number 18, what was the most money you made at one of those 17 jobs? $40,000. No, I take that back. I take that back. So for nine months, I, I worked for a Fortune 500 company when I first got here to Omaha. And there, I was a digital marketing consultant, and there I made 87. That was the first time. But before that, I was just serving uh, tables and then I made 40000 And that was kind of, that was my transition into sales, I would say. So that, that's why okay. that always. So you, you had an 87. You, so you had a pretty cake job. You know what I mean? A lot of people would say, damn, son, you, you know, you bailed out of college and, and um, you got this gig, uh, you know, this official job making 87 grand. And, and you said, hey, that's not enough for me. You know, hey, that's not enough for me. And here you are giving yourself a $50,000 raise in a matter of years. Okay, so, let's, so, so that's cool. So let's talk about how Casanova, you know, is getting his biz, right? So aside from your sphere of influence, right, which is a cliche, and I, I don't want to get into that right now because everybody has that. And there's a million ways to attract your sphere of influence. Aside from that, like how many deals are you doing out of those 32 from that, that aren't like, you know, friends, family, you know, past customers? 
Yeah. So I, I think the way that I've been able to build my business, because my best year so far in, in real estate was my second year. And then my second year, I made 230000 right? Now, when we talk about how I was able to build my business, I think for every single year, I've built it the same way and I built it off of branding. And with that, I think that most agents got to understand, especially in the world that we live in today, that you are the brand, not the brokerage. So for me, how I got my name built up so quickly and how I continue to have business that comes to me without having to pay for the advertising is because I use Facebook very well. I use Instagram very well and I brand myself very well. And what I mean by that is, is every time somebody buys or sells or invests a house with me, they always take a picture with me and with my sign. And I always make sure that I'm still showing that I'm showing up every single day. Most of the time, people, if you don't brand yourself, you, we obviously know that out of sight is out of mind. And so the moment that you stop branding yourself, that you're doing business is the moment that people will forget that you're in the business. So if most agents, if they brand themselves, uh, very well, and they, they continue to show that they're showing up, I think that they'll get a lot of business. Even so how, do, how, how are you making sure that happens? Like, how are you making sure that there is, because here's the thing, it's easy for us to post. I did the same thing with the podcast. I use the podcast as an example. You know, we have three guests a week and I'll be like, hey, you know, your episode is coming out on Friday. Please post it on social media. But like, I'll post all of them, but maybe only one in 10 will post the episode for me as a favor for me, right? So I think it's easy for anybody listening to take a picture of a client of theirs in a settlement room or in front of a sign and post it themselves. My question is, how does Casanova get them to post it of you? Yeah, well, in today's world, uh, if you ask them, I guess I don't ever worry about that, being honest, because I post it and most people come to me and I tag those people, right? So I tag the people who are my clients, but I give them that notification up front. Like, hey, if you don't mind, I would love to take a picture together. And a lot of my clients who are doing business with me now, they're like, oh my God, absolutely. Like I've even had it where I forgot my sign sometimes and people have been like, hey, don't you have a sign in the car? Like, are we not going to take this picture? And I'm like, well, I, I mean, yeah, if you want to. And they're like, of course we want to, because people have seen it so much of the time that they want to take it. Now, I tag people. I use Facebook a lot. I think Facebook is still uh, an untapped market that a lot of people aren't doing it. But the reality of it is, is it's all in our minds, the stories that we tell ourselves of why we don't post. Because if, if, People like to do business with people who are already doing business. Let's, let's, that, let's not make no mistake about it, right? The reason why your podcast is so successful is because we see that you're already getting the best of the best on there, right? So I don't know 89% of the people who you've already done podcasts with, right? But I see you continuously posting. So that's why I wanted to be on Rockstar Real Estate. It's not about other people saying that I was already on his podcast. Okay, so this is, this is really good. Okay, so, so listen to what he's saying. So he's saying... He wanted to come on and he did reach out to me, which happens, you know what I mean? And I said, hey, well, you know, that's that I, I think you got a good story because there's more we haven't covered yet, too. But I said, let's let's get you on. But he wanted to come on because he saw, you know, guests like Jack Henry had just come, John Henry had just came on and guests like, you know, Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran or whatever. He was like, hey, man, you know, the best of the best are coming on here. So take that and flip it to the real estate game. If people are seeing you working all the time, 
they're more apt to use you than if you're posting pictures of sunsets, pictures of what you're having for dinner, stuff like that. And, and right, is, is, that's essentially what you're saying is post stuff that shows that you're busy, amplified. Right. Absolutely. And more importantly, just keep showing up, right? So yes, you need to be posting about real estate. You need to be adding value of however you post. And if you don't know where the content is, look at someone else who's posting content because most of the time you can go to like Google alerts and you could type in real estate Omaha and you could set yourself up with wherever you are, right? So if you're in Baltimore, Maryland, you could type in real estate, Baltimore, Maryland, you could get a Google alert every day or every time it's posted or once a month whenever you want, you'll get all of these notifications from Google. Then you can take that and you can then repost it and say, hey, what do you guys think about this? Whether it's gentrification, whether it's a new development that's going on, whether it's you know the housing market, interest rates, whatever it is, because you're causing people to interact and engage with you. And have so it now- always be about real estate, right? You want them to think that you're obsessed with real estate, right? Like, right. like, At the same time though, Pat, I will be 100% honest. I get what your show's about, right? And we want to talk about that. But at the end of the day, most of the time people buy you, they don't buy the product or the service. So this is a big thing for me. So what does that mean? Like, let's, let's delve into that. What's your, explain that. Right. So, so at the end of the day, if you go back and you look at my history over the last seven years. I've had a lot of success in everything that I've done. Real estate now is where I have my authority, but people, but you, the reason why I did those 46 deals in my first year where it was a one percenter, it had nothing to do about real estate because I beat out some of the top agents who have been doing real estate for 10 to 15 years in my market, right? On half a million dollar listings where those people didn't even look like me, but why? Because they believed in my conviction. They believed in, I was going to be accountable and at the end of the day, I kept showing up. So I I get it. Yes, you want to be posting 80 to 90% about real estate, but more importantly, you got to show up and keep posting about your brand because people don't buy the product or or the service. They buy the stories and they buy you. They buy you, right? It didn't really, your podcast could have been about anything, but I'm, but I love your swag. I love your energy. I love the way you get straight down to it of whatever the question or whatever the, the pain point that you're trying to hit at. So it has nothing to do with real estate. I get it. Rebus, right? I've been following Rebus. I, I look at the tools. I get the emails. I love all of that, right? I love, but I more so I love Pat Hyben. I love his energy. So, so, the, brand, uh, so the brand is you. The brand, brand is Casanova. Right. First of all, you were lucky yeah. that your mom named you a, a cool name, right? Uh, yes. Rather than Bill, <laughs> nothing against Bill, but, and, and so that helps, right? So point right. one, if you're listening and your name Bill, you might want to change your name or, or make a cool nickname or, or, or figure out a way to do it. I'm just teasing about that. But, but John Henry is the, John Henry's super dope guy, right? He's a really cool guy, but he doesn't have a crazy name. Right. That's true. Yeah. You know, you yeah. just got to keep showing up. So you, you just got to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what, what figuring it out is, is speaking your message, right? Speaking your message, speaking the, what you got to figure out, everybody sells because of stories, right? And for me, I figured out what was my message, right? I wanted to help other people live a life by their design, right? And so it, it came in the form of homes because they see these homes. And at the end of the day, I'm not selling houses, right? I'm selling dreams because when people decide that they want to buy a home, it's not about the home. It's about the memories that they're going to create within that home. 
It's about that school district where their kids are going to create memories within that school district and get and gain friends and everything else. It didn't matter. If you look back at my story, I've had success in a lot of different things. So I tell real estate agents this because if we look at it, most real estate agents, they become lost, right? Because their brokerage could be sold or their message was never clear in the beginning. They think that, oh, I'm only in the business of selling houses. So what happens when the market changes? whether it goes up or down. And, and you're, if you were just a BPO specialist or if you were just a you know, luxury market specialist, now you haven't figured out how to brand you. So now you haven't figured out how to change and adapt to whatever the market conditions are. And that's why they say that 87% of all agents or brand new agents get out of the business within just five years of getting their license because they're focused so much on the big name broker and the big name systems that they get that they forget that they are the brand. Mm, wow, that's deep. Okay, so, so let's talk about this. So you obviously, you mentioned this before, right? You're a young guy, you're new in the business, you know, you're pretty much rookie status, you know, in the last couple of years, you don't have a big team, you're indifferent to the brokerage, right? So you got a lot of things that are not necessarily in your court, yet right. you're able to go on listing appointments and beat out agents that are, you know, seasoned a couple of decades in the business, whatever, right? So the question is, how do you beat them? Yeah, well, first off is I go in with the, the mindset of understanding that, again, people are going to buy me, right? Most of the time, a client, unless they've been on, around this rodeo for six, seven times, but even then, they've seen a, 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 a wide spew of agents, right? They've done this before, but on a brand new person who's buying their first home or somebody who's selling their first home, no matter what the price is, I understand that I need to build a relationship with that person. I say, even in my book, right? Real estate is a contact sport. I need to make enough contacts because I need to figure out people don't care. You, people just want to know that you are there for them. That's what it always is. We so, all so specifically give me some things that you would do knowing you're going up against two other seasoned agents and you want this listing. What 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 specific advice can you give for someone listening and say Tupelo, Mississippi that's going to go up on a listing appointment tomorrow against two other agents? What would you do specifically? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask a lot of questions, right? So I'm going to say, hey, I know that you have, uh, after I do the walkthrough with their home, right? After I've seen it in person, I'm going to sit down with them and I'm going to say, first off, I really appreciate you, Pat, allowing me into your home. You have a very beautiful home. I also know that you're probably interviewing a couple other agents as well. Am I correct? You're going to say, most yep. likely, yeah, I am. Okay, great. Well, you decided to bring me in here, which I could not be more grateful of. But let me ask, what's the reason that you sought me out? Right? So I want to know. Because then you're mm -hmm. going to start to talk yourself into it. So I'm going to ask, let's, let's role play it. And yeah, say, yeah, yeah. Let's just say I saw you on Facebook. Okay, great. Did you, did you see another client that used me? Or did you just see my marketing? Or how did you find me? I, yeah, I, I, I think I saw you with Martha. You know what I mean? You and Martha were hanging out in front of a sold sign. And uh, I, know, I know I went to college with her. God, I absolutely love Martha. Uh, she's been one of my best clients. Did you talk to Martha beforehand? or? Uh, no, I didn't, dude. I just, I just saw you on there and I needed to find three agents. And, you know, I just, you know, went, went with what I saw. 
Got it. Well, I appreciate it. I could be one of those three agents. Martha was the exact same way. When she first reached out to me, she didn't know what she was going to get. She was interviewing other agents as well. The next question that I always like to ask any of my clients, no matter if we're at 600000 you know, what your house is, of course, worth of all of that, I would say, or if we're at 150000 is what are you specifically looking for in your next agent? So we want somebody, obviously, that's going to you know, sell our house quick, that's going to communicate with us nonstop. But you know, our last agent, we never heard from her, and the house just sat there. So those are the two things, communication and fast sale. And of course, get the best price, right? I mean, we're, we don't want to get ripped off here. Absolutely. And that's what I pride myself on. If you look right here in my bio, the two things that I pride myself on for all of my clients are accountability and communication. I understand that this is going to be an emotional transaction for you. The two things that I can promise you is that I will communicate and that no one will outwork me in the sale of your home. Okay. All right. And uh, anything else you're going to do on that appointment to, to make sure you get it? So then I asked them, you know, a lot of the times I fill people out, right? But I'm going to fill them out and I'm going to say, hey, if we are able to come to a price and, and you understand that I'm going to outwork anyone else, is there any reason why you would not sign a listing agreement with me today? So you're going to be strong with them like that. Yeah, because I feel like, again, I've been right up front. I've been transparent. I've been everything. And I'm, I'm hopefully built a strong rapport with them. So I understand that at the end of the day, if other agents get in there, um, if they say, no, I'm not going to strong arm them. I'm not going to do three to four times. But yes, one time I will ask them, if we come to a price, if, we, if we're all in agreement, is there any reason that you won't sign with me today? And they'll tell me that up front. So then I don't have to feel like I'm badgering them or, or, or get it uncomfortable. I want to I get that up front. And then after that, we get into the price. I start to telling them, you know, another thing that I always make sure that I let people know is there's only two reasons that a house does not sell, in my opinion, right? Price or condition. The third could be location. But a lot of the times, if we're not backed up into, you know, a, a power lines or mm. a super busy street or something like that, it's price or condition. And I would say, would you agree? The other thing is I always ask people, if I feel like that they're very emotionally tied to the house, I let them know up front. My, my job is to make sure that I set the right expectations because the reason why you've seen all of my clients take pictures with me, the reason why you've seen my marketing is because I've set the right expectations. And at the end of the day, they're happy because they feel like I delivered on exactly what I promised. So with that, what I would say is making sure that we, after, after we come to an agreement, we have to make sure that we give value to the buyer because I understand that you love your house and, and you want to price your house accordingly, but someone else does not understand the memories that you've already built into this house. They're not going to be able to feel that. So when we're competing against three to four other homes in the area and the subdivision, whatever else, we have to make sure that we give these buyers a value proposition of why they buy our house at this price versus buying one of these other houses. So what's wow. a collective? of agreement. And after I've said all of that, that, I mean, most of the time, that's how you win. So let's shift gears. Let's talk about technology. What technology are you excited about? What phone apps you're using? That sort of thing. Yeah, so I'm really excited uh, about Instagram and, and where I think that Instagram is growing. Now, I know that Instagram is a more mainstream platform, but I still don't see a lot of people using it to the best of their abilities. What I mean by that is they don't have a lot of call to actions. 
um, with their Instagram posts. Like, I think that if you look at my Instagram nowadays, I'm always focusing on what's a call to action that I can give someone, right? Because if we just post a picture of a house, they might have some type of engagement. But if you never say, hey, click on the link below for more market analysis or something like that, then you're just out there. You're advertising rather than marketing, right? So you're Mar saying for everything you post online, you should have a call to action. What are some other call to actions besides find out what your house is worth? Yeah. So I would say for more tips and, and videos, check out my YouTube channel, right? If you would, if you have a book to sell or something like that, if you've developed any type of a product where you can give more value to the people that are watching. So you mm -hmm. could create an ebook, you can make a three-part video series. You could, what else could you do? You can um, create a course, right? And this could be a small course. And this is for a course, which you could give away for free or only charge $9.95 for marketing your house right? Because that's what we are. As real estate agents, we're marketers. So you have to figure out how you can give some of that value back in the form of marketing. Now, do you have to have 10,000 followers? In, do you, are you doing swipe ups or are you doing that with less than 10,000? No, I, I, well, I have the 12, like 12, five. So I do do swipe ups, but you don't have to have that. Now they have sites out there called campsite or Linktree. I don't know if you're familiar with either. No, of tell me about campsite and Linktree. This is good stuff. Let's 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 hear about it. Yeah, so campsite and Linktree are both uh, programs that are out there that allow because in Instagram, if let's say you have a book or whatever else, if you're trying to market two or three different things, um, they only give you a link for one specific product. So if mm. you use campsite or Linktree, both are, are competitors to each other. You're able to go out and if you check out my LinkedIn, you could see that I use campsite. And then it go right when you click on that one link, it's basically a tree of everything else that I have. So if you want my coaching, if you want to check out my YouTube for my latest video, you want to check out my book, you can just click on one of those links. So it's almost like a funnel. That's awesome. I love it, guys. And of course, I'm going to put, I'll put his LinkedIn profile connected to his show notes too. All right, Casanova. So you had a week from hell in your lifetime. And I'm not talking about the two years from hell that you you know, we're fighting cancer. Uh, tell me about this week from hell and, and how it's made you a better person and how you've come out from it. Yeah. So when, when I was first working this digital marketing job, again, of, of course, like I'll tell you for me, it's all five years ago. Let's, let's start this way. Five years ago, my life looked nothing like it did today. As in, I didn't have any knowledge. I didn't have a, a path. I didn't have a blueprint. What had happened was before getting into digital marketing, I was selling cars. And I had a lot of success with cars. Um, within six months at a big dealership, I got car sales in a month, two months in a row. But that was the first time that I really started to understand that people were buying me, of course, again, they weren't buying the product or the service because I was selling in Iowa. I was selling Kias, right? So in the Midwest, everything is American made. So me trying to compete with Chevy and, and sell Kias, yeah. that was big. So fr from there, uh, I was having a lot of success. I first just came off of my first 10K month. And then I, I came across the book, which was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. A lot of people say that's the gateway to entrepreneurship, right? Mm. And so I came across that book because on the side, I was doing Amway or network marketing. And uh, what that taught me was that I was trading time for money. I couldn't mm. sell a car if I wasn't at the dealership, right? So I was like, oh man, how can I start to figure out a way that I could get more of my own 
time back. So then from there, I wound up moving to Omaha, took a huge risk, and I was going to sell yellow pages at this Fortune 500 company, but they were trying to transition into digital marketing because they were losing all their customers at a rapid pace because they're getting out of the telephone directory, trying to get websites and everything else. So I take on this job within nine months of knowing nothing about marketing at all because growing up, my parents never owned a house, car, business, nothing. So I didn't know about anything and I'm the only child. So within nine months, I wound up finishing number eight in the entire company for inside sales. Um, that was where I made the 87,000. I was leading all these emerging leader programs and everything else. So things were looking well. But what I learned in the corporate industry was that everybody could tell you no, nobody could tell you yes. Right. So they were like, Casanova, we want you to do this and this and this. And I'm doing it. But I'm like, hey, you know, you guys are getting all this recognition, all of these bonuses off of what I'm doing. I would like a shot at management, everything else. And they're like, well, you know, just keep doing what you're doing, because right now, you know, that's not something that we have available. But just keep doing it. And I'm like, oh, so then from there, what I wanted to do was I wanted to transition from inside sales to outside sales. Right. Because I had my license. I just got my license about three to four months prior and I was going to sell real estate and I was going to, you know, work that dream. So I transitioned to outside sales at another company, which is a fortune 500 company here. And that was doing payroll. And so that was going, that was going okay. It was starting off good. Well, my mom had called me right around the same time. And my mom says, Hey, you know, we want to move from Sioux city to Omaha to be closer to, you know, you, Julie and CJ, my wife and my son. And I say, okay, well, let's do it. So I'll move them here that day. I wind up uh, helping my mom unpack. I tell her the next day I'll come back and I'll start to, you know, help her unpack some more. Well, my grandma calls me at like 2 AM. She leaves me a voicemail. I wake up the next morning. She says, your mom had been having some pains internally. Um, we're going to go to the hospital here. So wake up that next morning, go to the hospital, see my mom it starts to go downhill within a week and a half stretch. I lose my mom at that hospital. So she never got to experience Omaha for even 24 hours. Dude, what What's happened? Even, um, cancer. Well, cancer. And if you know, so she, didn't know she didn't know she had cancer. She, so she did. What happened was, um, but she looked just as good as you, Pat. Like, I mean, she had just turned 50 that year. But mm. what happens is your internal organs, when you've been smoking, drinking, not exercising for 30 some odd years, mm -hmm. right? And, 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 you know, when you're talking about not eating correctly, all these different things, you never know when you're internally, it's going to catch up with you. And there's a lot more to that story. But again, I want to make sure I speed it up. It, just, and, it was just like a domino effect. And, and it was yeah, a domino that effect. happened to my father-in-law. And mother-in-law too, you know what I mean? It was like everything seemed normal. They walk in, but they don't get out. You know what I mean? So you walk right. in, not in a wheelchair. You're walking in, but you can't leave. It doesn't make any sense. But sometimes once you hit that hospital bed, one thing leads to another, and, and uh, it's, it's not good. I've, I've been there before. So, okay, so you lost your mom. Then you lost your house too? Yeah, so I lose my mom at that time, and when what had wound up happening since I was transitioning to this this other company, they send you out to Rochester, New York, to do all of your training, and so. I didn't want to go to Rochester, but because we were in the process of buying our first home, you know, I needed to keep this job so I could, you know, close on the home because we were getting a mortgage on it. So the nurses and everything are like, hey, don't worry about it. You know, we got your mom and my grandma and my wife are here too. And they're like, you got to go finish out this training. It's only about a week, week and a half long. And then you, we're going to take care of your mom. Everything will be good. So I get the call to my, that I lose my mom while I'm in Rochester, New York. So I got to take the first flight back and I'm like, oh my God. 
that. Well, now I got to handle funeral arrangements. I'm handling everything else. My manager, after the funeral's done within like a week's time, my manager's like, hey, we get it. You know, I'm so sorry, but we need you to go back out to Rochester because otherwise we can't give you a territory. We can't let you go to the next level until you finished off this training. And I'm like, hey, I respect it. I was like, but I can't. My grandma needs me here. My wife needs me here. I got to be here for a while. She's like, okay, I get that, but then we can't have you on here, you know, da da da. And I'm, she's like, well, how can I help? And I'm like, well, I'm supposed to close on my house in three weeks. Just give me um, three weeks, you know, and, and I already got my real estate license. So Boom. you had been buying a house. I was under contract for buying a house. My first home was like $140,000. Yep. And then, so what winds up happening is we go through the three weeks, two days before my loan officer calls me up and, and, uh, and he says, hey, we got a problem with your student loans. They want some more, the underwriters want some more verification on it. And I'm like, oh my God. So I'm supposed to close on this house in two days. Then once we go ahead. You did, but you didn't really have a job anyways, right? So they would have found out. I mean, you would have been. Well, no, if I would have closed on it on Friday, I still had a job. Oh, they okay. verify the day of employment. Yeah. Right. So, so I would have still had, and I had my real estate license. I was going to figure it out. But anyway. Figure it out. Okay. Right. But anyway, that Monday, my closing date wound up getting pushed out to. Then on that Monday, they go to verify employment and uh, then they call up the corporate office and they say Casanova's last day was actually Friday. Right. And uh, and then my loan officer calls me up. So you lost your mom. You lost your house. You lost your job. Everything fell apart. Everything. Um, and then and then and that was the beginning of your real estate career. That was the beginning of my okay. real estate career. Yeah. And then, and, and then I had no choice. Wow. And so you're certainly a guy with, you start this thing with multiple chips on your shoulder. Uh, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't, wouldn't fault your uncle for telling you, Hey man, I'm losing faith in you because you had, you, you've been bounced around with one thing to the next, all this stuff happening, not a good time for you to start. So you've got multiple chips on your shoulder and you go out in it. And then first year in the business, how many houses did you sell? 46. <laughs> so you you definitely proved everybody wrong now you know we always finish with our flagship question which is uh, you know how how somebody would compete against others on a on a on an island you know and and i think that i can get that question answered by asking you exactly how the hell you sold 46 houses in your first year with all that you know after getting your head kicked in three times in one week and, and coming from such a low point tell me how you did it yeah, I built relationships. I showed up every single day. So for me, my strategy, you know, to give somebody practical and tactical information, for me, yeah, exactly. I was at every networking event that I could be a part of, right? I was doing three to five coffee and lunches every single week, Dang. right? I, I was focusing on, because everybody has their own strengths, right? So for me, my strength was not calling for sale by owners or expires. Not that there's anything wrong with that because of course they're low hanging fruit. But mine was in getting in front of people, showing them my excitement, showing them that again, I was going to be accountable. I had a lot of energy and I was relentless. And so that's what I would do. I would figure out how I could be present in every single moment, right? That's what I would do. If I was on an island, I would make relationships. I would tell people how exactly I'm going to win. And I would show them my energy because most of the time we buy from people. Okay, every product, 
this is something that I just made a video on yesterday and I'm going to post to my YouTube, but there's three different ways that anybody can be successful, right? And there'll be a long form video, but I want to shorten it up for you. So the first way, and let me make sure I get, wait a uh, minute, let's, let, let, let's tell you what, everybody could go watch that video. Why don't you go back to yeah. like specifically how the hell you sold 47 houses in the first year after coming out of that, you know, low point, like what you showed up, you did three or four coffees a week with people just called them. You, right. what else did you do? You didn't do physical. Yeah, so, All right. So what else? No, did you do? I did open houses a lot, right? Open, you did again, tons of, how many did you do? Like two or something? Uh, I started out, I started out doing one a week and then I changed, I changed that into doing two every weekend. So I would do 12 to one thirty, and then I would have a half hour gap and then I would do two to three thirty. That was, that was my thing. And then I also tried to make sure that I did them at two different price points. Right. So I would try to do one in the higher end area and then yeah. try to do one in the lower end area because that was right. The start of our market starting to, to have low. So you were just like a junkyard dog. You just took it and ran just constantly. Absolutely. Two that's, open that's houses, one in the upper range, one in the lower range, three coffees or, or lunches a week with people talking to them about, you know, how can I help? I'm a, I'm a realtor. This is my gig. Anything else? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then, and then after people would buy with me, I would make sure that I got those pictures. I would make sure that I was on Facebook, you know, doing stories or I make sure I was on Instagram. I was always showing up that way as well, because keep in mind, people like to do business with people who are already doing business. It's the power yes. of leverage. Mm, yes, indeed. I love that. Well, listen, Casanova, this has been a blast, buddy. Uh, let's talk about your free gift. As you know, everybody that comes on brings a free gift. What's your free gift? Yes, my free gift, I gave a real estate action plan for real estate agents, right? Nice. So this is a, um, a five-page action plan. It was condensed version. It also comes with my book. So anybody who, who does buy the book. And so for anybody that's wondering, the book is Real Estate, Play the Game Like the Winners. Mm. And it's the major keys to making six figures in real estate and using it to create generational wealth. Right. Mm. So another thing that the reason why I love that is because for me, what I was fortunate enough to learn and to seek the knowledge out is that a lot of real estate agents don't own real estate themselves. So this is why they get to the end of the, the road for them where maybe they're a little bit burnt out on it and they don't have a lot to show for it. So for me, I wanted to make sure, even though I was helping other people buy, sell and invest in the real estate, that I could use my commissions smart, intelligently, buy the real estate myself as well. So I could have more of that free time back at the end of my road where I could then take more vacations and create more memories with my family. Yeah. You're a smart kid. You got the, you know, you're beginning with the end in mind and you're doing all the right things, man. So I commend you on that. And, and, uh, I can tell you're in this one for the long haul and, and I love it, man. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a link to his book. I'm going to put a link to his free gift. I'm going to put his link to his LinkedIn. So you guys could check out um, what he's doing there with campsite I'm going to put uh, Instagram. Uh, Instagram, all his social media. Any, if you guys want to reach out and contact him, you got a referral for Omaha, Nebraska. I guarantee you he's, he'll, he'll run with it and close it and get you a referral fee. So everything will be there, guys. It'll be on hybendigital.com backslash Casanova Brooks. That's hybendigital.com backslash Casanova Brooks. It's C-A-S-A-N-O-V-A, C-A-S-A-N-O-V-A. Casanova, listen, this has been awesome. Oh, and by the way, I'm also going to put uh, his free gift in the Agent Success Toolbox, which is on hybendigital.com backslash toolbox, or just texting the word toolbox to 444-999.
Best of luck to you, bro, out in uh, uh, Omaha. If I'm ever in that neck of the woods, I will definitely get together and we'll uh, sit down and break some bread. I love it. Love it. And last thing I would say is for anybody wondering, this book is, uh, when he puts the link, it is a free book. You just pay the shipping on it. So that's the last thing I would say. I know um, a lot of people, they wonder how much is the cost of it. It is a free book that I'm giving out. And it's everything that I learned in my first year to be successful and every year since. But thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate Rockstar Nation as well. All right, buddy. Have a great day. Thanks, Casanova. Thank you, Pat. Talk soon. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger. Yes, the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe and listen. There's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys. And I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that, too. Have a great day. And thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.